Ah, so, good morning everybody, it's Andrew Jenkins here and this is a short countdown timer to help the various feeds catch up and settle down folks and we can't wait for today's groovy show and uh, we never quite know whether we go live or not and we think we're on live right now so please let us know if we're live, that would be really helpful and Sarah's waiting patiently for the feed to come up, it's all a bit scary when we first go live and in this week's Leaders Live we hang out with my mate Kieran O'Donnell and our theme today is what has accountancy and cash flow got to do with cold showers and, and Rubik's Cubes as well? So, wow. And, ooh, and we might have an R in there as well. Ah. So give us a quick wave, Kieran. Quick hello. How's it going? Ah, good. Okay, excellent. Thank you. No, hopefully we've got no echoes. And Sarah, quick hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning, good morning. And we have Tilly's gang from Marketing CX in the background, just in case the comments don't come up our end. We're still <laughs> waiting for the bloody comments to come up. So that's a technical term, by the way, excuse me. And uh, LinkedIn has been um, has been giving us some really weird issues recently. So um, Kieran, me, Sarah, Ghost, our sponsors, and Marketing CX, that's the team today, folks. So uh, quick wow for that. So there we go. And we're just leading up to our intro, um, our ghost intro coming up in five, four, three, two, one, pop. There it is. Ah, well, good morning again, everybody. Oi, oi, people, and hi, gang. It's Leaders Live time. Folks, I'm not quite sure if the feed's coming up yet. We'll come to Sarah in a moment. I can't see it yet in Ecamm, so um, hopefully, uh, Sarah, Sarah, are you live in the, uh, in the background, Mrs. Not, Moderator? Not, not in Ecamm, but I'm live on LinkedIn, I think. Lovely. Okie dokie. Well, there we are. And are we? have we got comments flowing through at the moment? Yes, wow, fantastic. Brilliant. Okay, so we're live, 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 folks, on Leaders Live. Spreading the love, folks. Spreading the love. Yabba dabba do. Hope you enjoyed that groovy opener intro, um, gang. And this week, we're delighted that we're being powered by our sponsor... And brand and design agency Ghost. And oh, please let us know if our audio is coming through to OK as well, please. And if you're new to Leaders Live, a warm welcome to you. And as you probably know, as regulars here, Leaders Live is a dynamic weekly talk show that generates business through networking, through community and extraordinary conversations that inspire folks. And as I mentioned in the countdown, I'm Andrew Jenkins, and I host this interactive weekly Leaders Live show that's built an awesome community of like-minded leaders. And if you're new to the show, please let us know. We'd love you to introduce yourself to us so that we can say hello to you and the community can get to know you. So please don't be shy. We'd love, love, love to introduce yourself, as I've just said, and we encourage you to actively network, build relationships with each other. But we have three simple rules. We build a safe community. We have mutual respect. And please, 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 no selling in the room so yep join in interact with the comments um, as we go along we usually get a lot of comments lots of interaction and our motto here on leaders live is i to the power of we and as usual we're streaming out on all major social media channels and websites too and don't you just love tech we, we had a few problems with tech this morning but we've resolved them all so and uh, not only can you catch us live um, there's the replay too and we're on podcasts as well and i'm sure you appreciate there's a huge amount of 
work and love that goes into producing this high-quality, free Leaders Live business show, folks, every week for you guys. And one really easy way that you can give back to us and show us that you appreciate and love us as well, um, love the show too, is you can buy me a coffee using the link buymeacoffee.com backslash Leaders Live. And Sarah or Tilly will put the link in the feed in a moment and you get a shout-out too. Well, not to like about that. Um, I could do a quick demo, but I forgot to set that up. So, But you get a shout-out too on the show and um, you can see the link, the QR code is um, on the page as well, as well as the um, the link. So it's awesome. Have a go with it. It's a bit of fun. And uh, all proceeds go back to make the show even more better, folks. And uh, smash those likes too, folks, those thumbs up. We really appreciate that. Keeps us motivated too. And we'd love, love, love you to subscribe to our email list. And uh, <clears throat> to make that really simple, we have now a single link, uh, which Kieran introduced me to actually, a link tree, um, which will be in the chat as well. And Sarah will pop all that lot in very shortly. And uh, yeah, Linktree is like a virtual business card. If you haven't got one, have a look at it. Check it out. It's really awesome. Thanks, Kieran, for telling me about it. So, phew, put it all together. What do you got? Yep, bibbidi, bibbidi, poppity boo. You'll be singing that song for ages. <sighs> so let's bring in our guest for the morning. Where's the side-by-side scene? Here we go. So good morning, Kieran. How are you doing, mate? Good morning, Andrew. How's it going? Oh, oh, it's fine and dandy. Thank you very much. Now that we're all live and we're, we're everything's flowing okay, that's fine. So, uh, yeah. And our theme today is owning your numbers, right? And uh, Kieran's business name is what um, one of his businesses is uh, is know, knowing your numbers as well, Kieran, right? That's it. Yeah. I mean, I've called myself a virtual FD since mm. 2010. Since 2010. I guess the inspiration to what I call own your numbers came from just trying to condense down what I do yeah. or how I, how I want CEOs and MDs and people running their business to feel about their finances. Yeah, and not to worry too much about the numbers, right, so you don't glaze over. And, you know, our title today is What has Accountancy and cash flow got to do with cold showers and Rubik Cubes? Well, I don't know, but we'll find out today. But uh, I think that deserves a, an ooh, so there we go. Uh, so get us going, Kieran. Set the scene for us today. Kick us off. You know, where's our direction of travel? What are you going to inspire us with today, Kieran? Over to you for a few minutes. Well, I guess for me, you know, numbers is quite a dry subject, but it's front and center of yeah. every business, every leadership. You don't just have to be the CEO or the MD running the business. You could be just part of a leadership team, but you have a vested interest in just the underlying financial health of mm. a company you might be incentivized you might not be incentivized uh, yet but but having a stake is quite important and yeah. i guess when it comes to numbers itself you know we're not necessarily going to talk through profit and loss or cash flow or metrics today but i, th- I guess in my world i find that the real traction i've made over the past few years especially is by just bringing some analogies into the world of numbers which can be quite a dry subject but people get analogies yeah. You know, we've had some real, real great stuff on Leaders Live over the past few weeks. Cold showers is just one of these running <laughs> themes that, that comes from week to week in different, comes back in different ways. And I guess it's something, funnily enough, that um, I've talked about. I do these beach talks, yeah, which I put up on YouTube. And, and yeah. one of them just funnily is on the cold shower. And I can talk people through what has cold showers got to do with cash flow forecasting? 
Yeah, we um, Kieran um, asked us last week on the show was, are we the um, the mutual culture appreciation society here? Exactly. And it's all been started by a Dr. Ian Price and Dulcie Swanston when they were on the show just a few weeks ago, and that theme has stuck, Ian and Dulcie. So, uh, thank you very much for introduce, uh, introducing that. And um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, um, Kieran. Have you got an audience question, or um, do you want me to say it? Well, I was going to ask if, if when it comes to looking at your business numbers, it'd be yeah. great to, to know from everyone tuning in, how do your numbers make you feel or how do you feel about your finances? Oh, yeah. So there we go. So when it comes to looking at your business numbers, how does it make you feel when you do that? And uh, oh, interesting question. So that's um, hopefully that's popped in the feed. I can't see it yet, but hopefully someone's popped it in the feed. And please answer that question. Um, when it comes to looking at your business numbers, how does that make you feel? And answers answers in the comments feed, please. Honest on a postcard. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, don't be shy. Absolutely. So hopefully that's in the feed now. And I'll come back to you um, in a moment, Kieran, just in a tick. So over to Mrs. Moderator for a moment, if I can find the mod scene. Here we go. Yes, lovely. How are you doing? Mrs. Moderator, Sarah Jenkins. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm doing really well. Really well, thank you. Uh, the comments are not coming in on Ecamm, but they are coming in on LinkedIn. Lovely. And it looks like my comments are visible today. Yay! So. Yay. <laughs> We're making progress, folks. We're absolutely, making progress. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to do a big shout out to, we have a newbie on the show, which is lovely. I'm sure there are lots more, but she's been brave enough to put something in the comments. So welcome to Sarah McNichol. She's just uh, out of a cold shower. Um, <laughs> well done, Sarah. Yeah. She's to totally new to the show. It caught her attention. So welcome and we hope you enjoy it. Brilliant. Is that one of your mates, Kieran? Sarah? I don't know. I'm, oh, I'm not wait. saying I'm Mr. Popular on LinkedIn, but <laughs> welcome, Sarah. It is honestly, it's an infectious way to start your Tuesday mornings. So it, yes, thank you. And and actually, Kieran's got one of those infectious voices that we'll all just fall in love with. So uh, yeah, brilliant. Okay, so that's that. So let's just get our guest scene up. Thanks, Sarah. Um, you've gone very bright for a minute. Has the sun just come out? Gone a bit nuts. I don't know what's happened, but anyway. Yeah, there we go. Okay, well, I'm sure it'll sort it's itself fun. out. And let's just give you a quick round of applause. There we go. <laughs> So Kieran's camera's just decided to go um, a little bit bright at the moment. And I've got a Facebook user. Hello, Facebook user. Hi, everyone. Just let us know who you are because um, the names on Facebook don't come through. So we'd love to hear from you. So please uh, do that. Comments aren't coming through on LinkedIn in in, um, in in our software, but they are on YouTube and Facebook. So please feel free to join on Facebook and YouTube, wherever you are. Now then, that's it. Feel the love, Kieran. And I uh, hope you enjoyed that fantastic build-up. Let's bring you back in again. <laughs> the confetti so, bomb. Yeah, confetti bomb. So, Sarah, over to you again, uh, Mrs. Moderator. Um, what Have we got any stuff in the comments yet? We have. Um, Jonas Super. makes a really good point, actually. He says, let's stop talking about numbers as being complex, dull or challenging. Our words create our reality. That is very true. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah. our words create. Yes, our words create. It's how we feel about those numbers, right, Kieran? Yeah. I would think so. I think, I think um, there's a real bridge to being credible, being investable. So yeah. you don't have to learn and remember every number. No one has the capacity to do that. Yeah. But actually by just only understanding the framework of your business, it can actually, and you, know, you can be upskilled, but when it comes to communicating it to your team, but also to investors, a huge amount of businesses are trying to raise money. And also the, the end game, if you're looking to sell a company at some stage, you just come across as a far more credible person. Now it can either mean you, it's easier to raise money, 
it might actually mean that when it comes to the the end game you're selling your business for more than you think yeah. was possible Isn't why that nice? because it just came across yeah. as a far more credible business leader or ceo so the idea i'm guessing kieran is to tell a story through the numbers right about that yeah i think so yeah i think yeah. every every business has a has has a story in a nice way everyone has a story every business uh, yeah has a indeed past, every business has a future and the context could be around you know the success of the business via the numbers you know so yeah interesting what else sarah thank you um morning to nancy johnston nancy, morning, nancy. says um numbers make her feel tangled up inside so hopefully oh, by, yes. by the end of this morning you are going to be straightened out and feel <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I empathize with that, Nancy. So I get that. Um, luckily, Sarah does my numbers for me and she's an absolute <laughs> expert of the numbers. And she also runs ghost numbers as well. So there we go. So many hats as, as Mrs. Moderator. Anything Absolutely. else, Sarah? Um, yeah, Sarah McNichol, uh, numbers make her feel excited and challenged. Ooh, wow. um, Laurie has a dashboard that gives a quick look, um, digs nice. into details about once like a quarter, boards. but because the colours on the dashboard are much prettier to look at. Yeah, I can. <laughs> Pretty colours. I like that. But there's a great example of numbers telling a story right through a dashboard. How simple is that? So simple. It can, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to have every number. No, it um, just has to have the right business. numbers. It just has, yeah. To, yeah, exactly. Just the key stuff elevated, stick a graph on the page, make the numbers <sighs> big. Just don't come to a business leader with, you know, pages and pages and pages of numbers that just turns them off. Yeah. You can actually have in a nice way, 90% of the conversations probably on five, 10% of those numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And then the conversation right. around the numbers, um, and we'll come to that later as well and, and highlight what Kieran, um, you know, get into more detail on that as we drill down. Now, the title of this talk is, is about the importance of owning your business numbers through in you know, knowing your finance numbers for start off. So what numbers would leaders, should leaders be owning, you know, on this show? What should we be owning? What should we be obsessed with, Kieran, numbers-wise? <laughs> That's the well, right I guess, word. I, mean, I, I, hmm. I suppose the, without kind of drilling into so much detail, yeah. uh, one great place to think about it, and everyone probably knows this phrase, you know, revenue is vanity, profit is sanity, cash flow mm. is reality. So, you can, most business owners, business leaders will have their vanity stats, number of customers, number of views, number of hits, number of something. It tends to be always the biggest number. The most impressive number is the one that they want to share and socialize. And that's not a bad thing because okay. it can show momentum and it can show progress and whatever brain chemical comes out when people talk about it. But I think it just <laughs> still needs a sanity check on what you're actually doing creates value. And even yeah. in, even in a, most businesses are set up to make a profit, make a return, make something, but a lot of, there's also a lot of entities that would call themselves not for profit. They, they still have a financial responsibility that what they're doing still delivers some great output for their customers, but also from a profitability point of view, and more importantly, from a cash flow point of view is just understood and managed in such a way that it can continue to trade through what we all now appreciate is three years backwards of very choppy waters and three years arguably of choppy waters ahead for most businesses in this space. I think we were just joking earlier that there's normally two types of leaders in a business, one that has been through a very sticky cash flow issue. Cash flow squeeze, right, as you yeah, called it. One. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other one is they're just about to go through it. A cash yeah. flow squeeze. 
So it's worth bearing in mind that you just want to build up and become more resilient to make sure that the tools and the systems that are right fit for your business just help you steer through this. I love the way you said that, steer through it. Yeah, beautiful. Sorry, carry on. That's right. And 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 in a nice way as well, we, we, Mm. we have talked about on this show before, people are putting more than just money into these things they're putting time effort blood yeah, sweat, and sweat tears, and tears relationships yeah. Yeah. a lot of sacrifices and, and if people are going to go to this length you want to make sure that these people genuinely have a great opportunity of making it work so without getting negative businesses can fail and it's okay to fail in an idea on a micro level mm. but it'd be a shame to get so many other things right the market yeah. the customers and the reason you failed is because you just ran out of money yeah and yet you know all the other things yeah and yet that it's you know that it's that happens right you know businesses have cash flow squeezes right for whatever reason and it's worth bearing in mind as well that a huge amount of people have started new companies since covid changed their lives and it's fantastic but there's no gatepost that you have to or checklist you have to go through where people go do you know anything about finance because if you don't (laughs) i don't think you should go up the mountain so there's an element of, there's no gatepost. And it's lovely that it's so easy to get up and running and get moving quickly, really mm. quickly. But but also there's no one stopped you or stopping you saying, oh, you don't know anything about finance. Should you really be starting up a business? It's just a good warning signal to make sure that you just feel on top of these things. Okay. So what you're saying is, look, you don't need to be an expert with the numbers. You, you just work with somebody who can help you just steer through the numbers so is that what you're saying yeah or mm. you identify where you're you don't feel confident of course and you can, and you can get upskilled and so oh right getting okay upskilled, yeah. fantastic yeah. absolutely i mean you don't have to become an accountant but you still need to be the leader of a business okay. by the way leader I, I mean like that top tier of people who are delivering some great strategic plan yeah nobody knows everything and that's okay no. but sometimes not knowing stuff is brilliant because now you know what you need to learn what, or what you're fill missing. In. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, or get someone to help you to, to, up, you know, to upskill that bit or to cover that bit. And it sounds to me that, you know, you've got accounting on the one hand, but you've got accountability on the other. And you know, tell us about that relationship. Well, I, yeah, I, <clears throat> I love that because accounting is just the dry subject. I mean, I mm. find it particularly beautiful and it gets me and my clients <laughs> out of a pickle. Beautiful. <laughs> But it's it's not about debit bank credit. It's not that no. But yeah. but what I find is accountability is this wonderful thing that certainly in the last couple of years I feel I feel I've always been accountable. Yeah. But I feel more and more people use it as a word to pick themselves up and feel accountable to themselves, feel accountable to their teams, feel accountable to their shareholders. Business. And it's not accounting, mm. but a lot of that word is the same letters. Uh, yeah, exactly. It is. And yeah, that's a different way of looking at it. It's not looking at it as accounting. It's looking at it as accountability, right? That's exactly. And, and accountability yeah. is lovely because people feel that they turn up at 10, they deliver what they need to deliver. But the only thing may be missing sometimes is that there's a an element of they don't know the accounting or the finances that underpin their accountability. So if they're selling or they're marketing or they're producing a product or they're the ops team, Behind it sits some transaction in some way that I feel that the two are quite well connected, interlinked, in, yeah. in certainly in a business environment. I, I like the way you bridge that. So, it's, you know, you're not talking about accounting necessarily. Yes, you are, but you're putting it into an accountability point of view. 
Yeah. And that's just a great analogy. I love that. And um, just quickly give you a break. Sarah, what's going on in the comments? Let's just catch up with what's going on um, elsewhere in the comments feed. Um, Mrs. Moderator. Mrs. Moderator. Um, Maria Jeffers um, likes thinking big picture in terms of um, yeah. numbers, but doesn't really like the detail. No. <laughs> um, Elaine Godley uh, been introduced <laughs> profit first model recently, says it's brilliant. That's not something I've come across. So that'd be quite interesting. Say that again, Sarah. So Elaine says uh, what? Morning, Elaine, by the way. She's been introduced to the profit first model. Okay. Profit first. You're right. Profit it's first. an interesting, yeah, it's a, it's a slightly different take for business owners that it's not controversial, but it's just a different way to help certain cohort of business owners feel like they've got visibility of their financials. So if it works for you, absolutely. It's a, it's a great book. You can have a read of it. And if it's a good method, it's like anything. If you follow a particular method, which we'll talk about with cold showers, um, <laughs> it, it, it works. I mean, if, if, if profit first works for you and your particular type of business, fantastic. Yeah. So, um, Elaine, if you've got a moment and if you can do that, um, if you could look up that and pop it in the book, if there's a reference to that and you can get to it easily, that'd be brilliant. And good morning, Maria, as well. And fantastic to hear that you're a bit like me. I'm a big picture person too, Maria. And uh, the details do, you know, do do make me kind of like, mm. but actually, you know, the numbers don't have to be detailed, right? They can be a high level too, Kieran. Yeah, I think, I think one thing a lot of mm. business owners build up over time is, they solve problems. They're already solving a problem. In a way, yeah. the business they're building is because they see a problem or a niche that they can go into. So if you give a business owner a problem and say, you know, we've got a cash flow dip in mm. 25 days time, business owners are very resourceful, very, you know, problem solving mindset can do something about it. Brilliant. If they don't know, if they don't know about it, they don't because know. Yeah. now the detail can say we're going to run out, but if you don't elevate the problem for a business owner, it can lead to a lot of stress later. Isn't that interesting? Sarah, you do a lot of cash flow forecasting. What say you on that subject? I just <clears throat> absolutely. Knowing what's mm. coming and knowing, yeah. even if you know that you've got difficult times ahead, by not burying your head in the sand and facing it, yeah, you know, you're then going, right, guys, what actually are you going to do about this? Because whilst the numbers person can sit there and do the forecasting, they're not necessarily the person who goes out and gets the work. So it, it is a, it's a whole team effort and a communication. And I think, yeah, communication is vital. Um, Ian makes a really good point. His brains love stories. So communicating numbers as stories is really good as well. Yeah. And he's dead right, isn't he? You know, we, and, and there's a story in itself. Look, you know, cash flow, things are getting tight in the next 25 days. We need to be, you know, we need to think of something to resolve this problem. There's a great story to get your brain, uh, Dr. Ian, you know, going, right? <laughs> I wonder what, I wonder what dose chemical that would be. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, sure Dr. Sorry, Ian will tell us. <laughs> I think but having 20, you, you nailed it, Andrew, having 25 days to do something. Yeah. 25 <clears> days. Your phone ringing, especially as an FD, your phone ringing on the day when someone says, I've got a real cash flow pinch today. Yeah. I mean, it just reduces the amount of time and options you now have available. Absolutely. Your options, you're so, out of options, right? Yeah. yeah you've got no creativity. Uh, we don't have to, yeah. to come down, but there's some amazing stuff. I mean, every accountant will have stories about the panic moments. As a business leader, it's just try and avoid them. Yeah. So whole... there is a, sometimes a sense of inevitability of something. Okay. But at yeah. least you can have the more notice you have, the better. 
Yeah. Matthias makes a really interesting comment. Um, he said, interesting perspective about starting a business in finance. Uh, last week, you heard Richard Branson being interviewed by Stephen Bartlett in the oh, Diary yeah. of a CEO. Mm -hmm. um, then he said he didn't know anything about finance or bookkeeping until he was in his 50s. So despite this lack of knowledge, and I suppose we can all agree, he has done reasonably well. <laughs> but there's always the exception to the rule, isn't there? I, I would say he's being modest and behind him is somebody who kept him straight. Personally. Absolutely. However, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. in, in fairness to Richard Branson, <laughs> he's, he's fantastic at saying, the best best learnings he's ever made in life are from failures. Yes. He's just but he structured his businesses in such a way that the failure of one doesn't take down the whole thing. So yeah, if you picture one startup is one business, you know, Virgin Cola being a classic, you know, the, yeah. the way he has structured this is fantastic that it it's allowed him to really push into risky markets, risky business models. And if it fails, I mean that's just kind of in his blood, isn't it, really? Yeah, it is. But he also says, I've got very smart people around me. So, you know, he's probably got a Mrs. Moderator somewhere in the background doing his stuff. And, you know, I love that about heading stuff off at the pass, you know, was a phrase that just came to my mind. And if you're operating under fear, then obviously the chemical that's involved with that is our fear and panic chemical cortisol, which probably doesn't help us to make very good option choices. You know, just thinking it's worth, about it's, it. Uh, it's also <laughs> worth remembering if this stuff was easy, yeah. Everyone do it. <laughs> yeah. So in a way, it's it's like building up your toolkit. Yeah. If you you can be strong at certain skills from your just your background, and you've got great opportunity ahead. It is just a case of filling in the gaps. Not just finance. You might need an ops person. You might need a marketing person. You need an agency to build mm. build your brand. So you're you're always looking for these yeah. skills around you to help build that team. So. I like that brand agency to help your back. And that's a great shout out for ghost, our sponsors as well. So just got that in there, ghost. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Anything else, Sarah, before we move on to um, another question? Rebecca Jenkins was. Oh, um, hi, Rebecca. So we're all, well, it, it, Matthias said we all make mistakes. We, yep. we need to learn from them. Um, yeah. Rebecca says, good point. If you're not sure, get some help. Don't let the drivers number you. Uh, try again. Don't let the numbers drive you drive the numbers it reminds me of the phrase who's is the dog wagging the tail or the tail wagging the dog oh lovely yeah that's right yeah and absolutely so know your numbers and the you know, yeah absolutely i like that it reminds me of you know yes failure's okay but the trick is not to do it too often right you know we learn from our from our failures but it's painful but we do learn from our pain um but you know yeah and yeah there's a lot in the you know a lot in the sort of linkedin feeds if you read the a lot on you know social media at the moment about you know how important failure is well actually pain failure is flipping painful you know and we shouldn't make too much light of it but we do learn from it right i think you can have many fails where yeah. you haven't actually taken down the whole business you Indeed. might hire the wrong person yeah so the the, the the idea of failing fast and failing often can can apply really well on a micro wow. level yeah so like the lean startup is a classic and uh, yeah yeah methodology to just keeping your options open like but if, that. yeah if you have a big failure it, it, you're right andrew i think it can be a very painful experience you will learn a huge amount from it it's got to be important to think that you're still in the game yeah I think a lot of business leaders when they do their business fails they they're naturally thinking of all the stakeholders themselves their family their teams their teams families so yeah it can be quite a tricky stressful space again there's no gatepost telling you about this when you're starting your business, 
with all these great ideas and these great plans and we're going to do this there, there should be some sort of warning system and i think linkedin and fairness and people's networks are getting better and better for people to understand that these are there are a few other issues you just need to get on top of yeah and it can just help you and make maybe make your business more resilient so even a minor shock doesn't knock you off course yeah and talking about that and you know what numbers are important and you know thinking about the management meeting for a moment or the leadership meeting or you know just getting together with your shareholders you know owning the numbers is what we're talking about and from a management or strategic point of view Kieran tell us a little bit about you know what busting some of the jargon you know that goes with the territory of accounting you know if you talk about accountability and what are the kind of important touch points that a management team need to talk about you know instead of the technical stuff how can they make it really simple yeah um it's a great question because i think especially for a management team the world of accounting is full of lovely jargony phrases and just picking out a few, <laughs> lovely he says <laughs> oh lovely i mean in fairness it, they're there for a reason yeah they are, i think yeah. i mean in simple terms you know where you have accounts receivable yeah it's just who owes us money um, and when you got see, accounts payable and liabilities yeah. it's like who do we owe who do we so owe if you so? think about your cash flow it's it's really a case of what's in the bank who owes us who do we owe and when do we think this order is going to play out so either yeah. we have a cash cushion or we have a cash dip or or worse yeah and even when it comes to actuals or management accounts you can break it down as to how are we doing how are we doing and it, yeah and, and forecasting where are we going because oh. your actuals are behind you yeah. and your forecast is ahead of you so when it comes to steering a management team i guess the balance i'm always looking for is 25 percent of their time and headspace can be on how are we doing our actuals so like last week last month last year or year to date but everything is ahead of you so you've got to try and turn the leadership the ceo everybody if we look ahead that's where all the challenges are that's where all the gains are that's where you know, if we're not looking ahead if we're not planning ahead you can call it a forecast or a budget but if if we don't hang some numbers on where we'd like to take this business you can see that we're a bit sailing blind so yeah. you can see that part of the game is to actually have the structures of a finance function but at the same time use language that people buy into because leadership will normally know exactly where they want to take the business and it's great we can just hang some numbers on that we've got a forecast yeah that's just so beautiful isn't it so you know all these jargony words like accounts receivable accounts payable actuals forecast they kind of make your brain swim if you're you know i'm just wondering you know maria if you're anything like me listening you know i'm like oh those are what do those actually mean but the simple way of looking at it right who owes us who do we owe how are we doing where are we going four simple questions you know and that drives an entire management team in terms of looking at those cash flow squeezes and you know just looking at the, the future as well kieran right yeah, I think so. I think it, it, as we talked about resilience and mistakes right now, today, you're still in the game. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> so, so everything that you've been through all yeah. the last kind of three years of COVID and recovering mm. from COVID and even for us oldies, you know, the credit crunch was, I mean, it's 15 years ago, but it doesn't feel 15 years ago. We had austerity. We've had all these, these waves, no. but you're still in the game. Yeah. And that's, that builds up a huge amount of resilience. When you think ahead, we have no real um, guarantees of how the economy and growth and opportunities right. will play out. So you might have a war chest of these 
you know, knocks and hits that you've had to deal with over the past however long you've been in business. Mm. And it does count for something. It probably means that the plan you're going to build is more resilient than the ones that you were building or you had in your head or on an envelope 15 years ago or five years ago or two years ago. So it means that you actually start to grow up and become a bit more serious about these things because in a nice way, you're still here. We're still going. It's okay, but we can learn from that and we can just build with our teams a plan that takes us forward, which also is maybe just more resilient. Not, not trying to say that you're not going to take a risk, but you might just feel like you're just going to be a bit more wise and sensible with the funding you've got or the decisions you make, you feel are a bit more objective and nailed down a bit. Yeah, and making decent decisions on you talked about risk, and we're going to come back to the whole risk thing in a moment. It just reminded me. Mrs. Moderator, what's going on in the chat? Let's just pick up, give you a break for a minute. What's going on in the chat? Oh, Sarah? lots, lots in the chat. Um, mm. Dr. Ian, failure at the same thing too often, then you're not learning. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> absolutely. one. <laughs> absolutely. Um, Sarah McNichol, she thinks it's brilliant. So glad that she stumbled across us. Let's yeah. hope you do it again next week. It's really good to have new people. And tell all your friends because it's fabulous. <laughs> well, subscribe, Sarah. That'll be great. Absolutely. And then you get absolutely. notifications. So there we go. Um, Kathy Heath, one of the biggest challenges when, when scaling up a business <clears throat> is knowing when things will take off and what that means for your numbers. You have to constantly review and adjust your forecasts to understand the reality. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I like that. Kieran, have you got? Can you come back on that? That sounds interesting. My yeah, mate, I think, Kathy I Heath. Think, so, uh, yeah, I think for, Yeah, I kind of think that forecasts are just a bunch of ifs. So, how good are your ifs? So, oh. a lot of businesses will start off with everything is an if. We don't know, but it could be credible. So, it's, we're never going to deliver the forecast, but it looks credible. And the further you go, it's a great point because you can reforecast where some of these leap of faith assumptions actually we start to deliver. Like you see the pattern, how much, right? it, how much it costs us to acquire a customer or how much we're spending on certain things or yeah. delivering a margin on a product. And as they become a proof point, it can actually really simplify your forecast. So you can actually forecast quicker because you've got these real proof points in the real world around margins on a product or something. Yeah. And instead of building this monster forecast, you actually find that what might have taken you, you know, a few days for you and your team to pull together, it might be, a, I don't want to say like a 90 minute conversation, but it could just be a scroll down with your team where you're just adjusting assumptions really quickly to see exactly where you are because you're proving these assumptions work. So low of experience in every business. Yeah. Sorry, Kieran, you can model those assumptions, right? With, you know, they're saying like heuristics, KPIs, you get to know your numbers so well, Kathy, you know, that you know when you're on a growth curve and because actually some of the KPIs coming back are telling you this is, these, these figures are good and the experience of knowing your numbers tells you that. Is that right, Kieran? Uh, an example would be that mm. you could have somebody that says, I'd love to spend 100K on an on a advertising campaign. Right. And And you say... For the first campaign, you're not getting 100K, but we yeah. could prove it with a thousand pounds. If we Absolutely. prove it with a thousand pounds, there is more budget to to hit the numbers we'd like to hit. Yeah. So you become better as a business leader of of the leap of faith is no, I think I think we should spend 125K to do South by Southwest, and everyone's going to be there, and we're going to come back with loads of business. People who go there who have who make money at these big events, for example will do really well from their prior experience of why they are there. 
but I'm sure there's someone who's going to turn up will have paid a huge amount for that stall comes away with not a lot of new business. And, yeah. and that's just from inexperience. So some of these, uh, within your forecast, you can easily go down the forecast list. I think my camera's gone. You can easily go down your forecast list and just go, where are we hot on these assumptions and where are we guessing? Guessing uh, is fine, but yeah. at least you still want a proof point before you actually start writing big checks to people. Yeah, and actually, Kathy is an, is an absolute expert on modelling the numbers as well, and you know, looking at that, that whether the investment is a no-brainer or not. And she certainly helped me to look at that for my business as well. So uh, yeah, and I like the idea of testing it and piloting it, and that whole agile thing of okay, let's just throw a little bit of money at it, let's see if that concept works out. You know, and is there exactly. a way that we can spend a little bit of money, learn from it, and then you know, when it goes again, we'll spend more money on it because we know it works. Yeah. It, I think it, it comes down it. to it, it, it's planning, isn't it? Yeah. Having that forecast, planning ahead. I think the worst thing that you can do is when you're panicking and it's the knee-jerk reactions. Yeah. Because let's face it, when we make decisions when we're in a panic mode, they're not always the best rational decisions that we could <laughs> ever make. Oh, no, we've been there, right? When your back's up against the wall, do not make rash decisions. I think also you might be tempted. So yeah, a small business buying tempted. stock, for example, should just buy low volumes. Yeah. because you can't tie its cash up in stock but the low volumes can help you prove the model yeah and if it proves the model the sales you can always you'll always have people buying stock packaging stock as a classic where they'll be tempted by big bulk discounts from suppliers but what means is they just end up tying so much of the money up in packaging in packaging yeah. they they kind of don't have the cash for other stuff mm -hmm. because they've been tempted in too soon to make savings when the initial step is not to make savings on every item. It's actually that there are customers out there who want to buy your product. Yeah. Learn, so you don't end up changing your mind and then binning <clears throat> stock. Yeah. You have to actually just be careful of careful of the decisions you make. Some are for early stage businesses to make. The later stuff like reducing your margins, or sorry, reducing your costs to improve your margins. Some of these things can come later when you've just got a bit more money in the bank to make these decisions. Yeah. So yeah, prove it works first, right? That's it. So, be patient. Be patient. Love that. That's really good. Now we did this. Um, we're going to move on to um, the importance of cash flow forecasts in a moment, and as an important tool to run our businesses, folks. Now, just as a prelude to that, we did this quick poll on LinkedIn, folks, and um, this was interesting. So the it was a really simple question: um, business cash flow forecasts. Could you cope without them? Uh huh. Have a go, but uh, struggle, um, sort of, but not written down, no idea. That was the poll that we sent out. We were astonished by the results of this, where 84% of respondees to this poll said they couldn't cope without cash flow forecasts. We were surprised at those figures. What do you think, Kieran? It sounds very positive, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a no-brainer, really, doesn't it? Honestly, <laughs> I, I think we probably, if we'd predicted something... I, yeah. I would have thought at least one in four would have said no idea. Absolutely. So maybe, yeah, I was maybe it's really just surprised. Yeah. The leader's live cohort of people are at the top edge of leading leading their respective organizations. Yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. Because um, we so thought we would positive. get no ideas. Yeah. Um, and sort of, but not written down. And, you know, there's probably a lot of people in that in that bit although there's only eight percent in this poll um but yeah very positive to see that you know yeah people are getting the fact that the numbers are important right i, I mean, think as we talked obvious. about yeah. exactly in the world we're in i think it's very positive i think yeah. in the, the fluctuations inflation is still where it's at yeah. hopefully everything kind of becomes a bit more calmer as we 
we become less dependent on energy or high energy. Yeah, it's a daily yeah. headline at the moment. Cost of living is, is here for a while. Yeah. It's not helped by these things. So the fact that people are, are looking ahead is a healthy thing because it's an essential part of running your business. Fantastic. Yeah, thank you. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the numbers is a dry subject that we talked about earlier. And you then talked about, you know what, it's really good to talk in analogies for, say, cash flow forecasting. And, you know, uh, we, we started the title off, you know, what's what's accountability got to do with cash flow and cold showers and Rubik's Cube. So do tell us, you know, just work into the world of analogy for us with these numbers. The analogies, you know, give us yeah. some of your Kieran O'Donnell magic for us so that we can understand some of the concepts here in a, a little well, bit more of a visual way, perhaps. I was going to say my, the, the, the cold shower piece to cover that <laughs> off, I guess. For me, I mean, around three, four years ago, I had a friend who was talking about the benefits of cold showers and just get in, turn on the cold water, yeah. and after around 40 seconds of pain, the, the whole water will come through. And, you know, I, I did it. And yeah. maybe I did it more than once, but I did not enjoy it. No, it's horrible. And, and it? you don't enjoy it. I like, I really yeah. didn't enjoy it. And I just mm -hmm. thought, this is just, I'm stopping it. No, forget it. And I stopped it. And around, around 18 months ago, I was reintroduced to the world of cold showers. And it was just um, from uh, another friend. And he said, give it a go. It was summer. And instead of stepping in cold, I just had a shower and just turned the temperature turn, right down at the end. Turn the knob down. Yeah. And I was telling him about this afterwards, saying it was doable. <laughs> and he was like, well, that's the Wim Hof method. Uh, <laughs> the and Wim I'm Hof saying, what? The who? Wim Hof <laughs> yeah. what? Anyway, so I Googled Wim Hof method. And then yeah, sure enough, Wim Hof, like, as we all know, is the Iceman. Yeah, his message was just yeah. look, just get in and have your shower, and then just the last thirty seconds, sixty seconds, just build yourself up. You know, ten mm. if you want to, to twenty to thirty to forty, and and also this gold advice, which was you can if you can just manage your breathing because you yeah. actually know more about the whole process. Ooh, you can yeah. actually immerse yourself in cold water a lot longer than you think. Mm. So it was this gold advice of the the Wim Hof method, but also armed with this. The second piece of advice, which was don't just stand there and suffer. You can actually just breathe your way through. If you breathe. can breathe for a minute, just control your breath, you will, you'll actually bizarrely do it every day. And it's been an amazing habit. Now, the, the forecasting piece, I guess, is I've worked <laughs> with businesses where I, I know a lot of people who will say, yeah, I tried cash flow forecasting. I did it. Yeah. But I hated it. It's too painful. And, I, and what did I do? I stopped doing it. Uh, and I've just been mindful of the. Hold on a second. The, such a nice parallel with stepping mm. under cold water is it's not the cash flow forecasting is the problem. It's actually the method. And if you can find a method which means that you can refresh things in a certain order in a certain frequency, you could probably have a good view of what is coming down the track in not such a painful way. So I guess big up to the method, everybody kind of thinks of sometimes it's the method helps you do these things. So if people on this call do cold showers, you'll all know that it's probably the method of a bit of accountability, of course, but because you're, it's just you, no one's standing outside the cold shower saying, have you done it? So it's down <laughs> to you to decide if you want to turn the knob, mm. but at the same time, the method really helps. I'm I really not like, like a cold water. I'm not a cold water expert. No, uh, I, I'm a cash flow expert. So I guess I take the method of 
cold showers into that into the cash flow yeah and i like the way you don't have to face the flinch because if you just go in dry right you know straight into a cold shower the flinch is frightening (laughs) same for cash flow right you know the more you do it the easier it gets and yeah and all of those cash flow flinch (laughs) <laughs> the cash flow flinch that that flinch that must be a new word that we've just invented cash flow flinching let's okay. give you a quick break and go to mrs moderator again sarah what's going on in the <laughs> <laughs> i love that cash flow flinch yeah cash I, flow I flinch. Really, I there was a really cash flow pinch I think I think the flinch is better. The flinch is great, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Martin Wood, I love this. Financial forecasts are similar to weather forecasts. Make long-range ones, then adjust your short-term ones as the weather fronts roll in. Oh, Martin Wood, you're on it. I like that. Yeah, that is very good. Uh, And again, it's visual, isn't it? We all watch the weather forecast, and we all go, "Oh, they got it wrong again." Um, (laughs) You know what? A fantastic analogy. That is brilliant. Love that. Yeah, love that. Um, Lurie Hales, understanding the economy is the weakest area. Not good at reading the tea leaves, but uh, luckily the US government seems not to care and contracts are awarded regardless. I'm not sure if that's good or not, but... Yeah, uh, nice one, Laurie. Yeah, brilliant analogy. I like that. Yeah, I I can just see the weather forecast. That's just going to stay in my head now. That is brilliant. Um, Yeah, Kathy Heath, understand the worst case economy-wise and more importantly, what it means for your target customers will be the key to surviving and thriving. Another what if. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. good stuff going on. Good stuff. Great. Thanks. Anything else you want to pick up? No, that's about it for now. That's about it for now. Right. Okay. So um, let me bring back this. Uh, Okay. So, um, you know, entrepreneurs of startups and a lot of people listening are probably going to be, you know, have been an entrepreneur of a startup at some point and business owners listening, you know, um, it's really easy to see how our personal and our business finances can get all mixed up. You know, is this okay or is it a no, no, Kieran? And, you know, give us your advice, your sage advice here. Kieran, because it's yeah, so that's easy to get these things too wrapped up. Great question. Mm. A, l- a lot of people, we, we we probably all know people who, it's the same person, yeah. obviously, in their personal life and running a business. So if their personal affairs are in a bit of a mess, chances are the business is also in a bit of a mess. Mm. Why? Because it's just the same person. No one really necessarily has a different discipline to one side than to the other. And I think when it comes to running a business, yeah, I mean, we, we talk, the old school term would be, someone putting their hand in the till or using their business as an ATM. Yeah. It's not really an ATM. It shouldn't (laughs) be seen as an ATM. Yeah. I think when it comes to a business owner, if you, if you picture, while it might be a low risk that HMRC or whatever tax authority wants to inspect your affairs, it's quite nice and easy just to be able to show them paid salary and paid dividends. That's the only money that you receive Mm -hmm. from your company is one of these two things. When it's, you have a director's loan and there's hundred pounds flying in and out. Normally what happens is you've just got complete lack of control. And also the business owner doesn't really know what's going on. They're just drawing money. Sorry. They, they're just drawing money when they need to draw money. And I think what's quite interesting in this whole space is you can keep a business owner's affairs very clean as to how they are remunerated or pay themselves. But at the same time, what you're trying to do is, there just has to be a healthy balance between the individual and their business. So founders, CEOs, they need to live. So they need to be able to draw some money from the business to be able to live. What you don't want, given it's the 31st of January, there's a real tendency for 
business owners to pay themselves last. Now, this uh, is a real the problem. The risk and reward thing. Yeah. Back to one of the contributors saying about profit first, one of the key things about profit first is mm. it remunerates business owners quicker because there is a trap where business owners don't pay themselves. Yeah. And they'll get to the end of one year, two years, five years, and they're having a bit of a crisis and they're thinking, I haven't paid myself for two years. This, yeah. I mean, In a way, this isn't good enough. The business has to be designed where it looks after its key staff. The CEO or the MD or the business owner is pretty key to the whole, whole operation. So that's one aspect. And then the other aspect is if the business can't afford the lifestyle that the business owner wants, they might need a, some sort of reality, reality check or rain check. So yeah. if you're drawing too much money out of the business and it's destabilizing the business, it's also not good yeah. because it's the hand that feeds you, but it's the hand that feeds all its other stakeholders. Yeah, so there's a nice tough. balance. Yeah. Exactly. There's a, there's a great balance to, to play in this whole space, which is the two live and breathe together. Ooh. But if one starts to pull from the other too much too soon, you can see it starts to put a stress on the business or puts a stress on on the CEO themselves. Very nice and beautifully said. I love that kind of tension between the kind of, you know, the risk of setting up a business and also the returns. Make sure that you get paid um, because the, the juice has got to be worth a squeeze, right, Kieran? Another example would be if mm. you're raising money from investors like angel investors or seed investors, it's it's quite reasonable for you to put a reasonable salary into your plan that you get paid. Yeah, You shouldn't feel like you're getting beaten up by investors who say, yeah, we'll invest in the business, but I'm not paying you a salary. <laughs> it's going to pay other people. So there's an element of mutual respect here that if you're, if you're going to raise money from investors, please raise it from people who understand that you're building a plan and a business, but you also have outgoings that you need to cover. And there's a balance. The balance is, is that you can still live and deliver this plan and not have a personal cash flow squeeze. But at the same time, you're not expecting too high a salary for your investor to say, you know, it's too much to be paying you at this stage. So there's a, there's a level of mutual respect that both, both sides have to work out. Love that. I think that deserves it. Uh -uh. Oh, so Kieran, look, we're coming to an end just to signal that. And look, I'm, I'm just dying to find out about your Rubik's Cube skills and how you relate uh. to accounting. Is this a time that I can just point at that with you and kind of go, okay, look, give us, give us a bit more. Yeah, there we go. Give it, take, take it away for us. So how do, how do Rubik's I... Cubes affect oh. financing? <laughs> let me, let me explain my, um, my, my Rubik's <clears throat> Cube analogy <clears throat> is, um, when it comes to solving problems, this is a great problem to solve. A lot of people think that this is, there's a, a sense of mystery as to, well, you just fluke it, don't you? And, and in reality, I'm not a, a Rubik's Cube expert, mm. but kind of like the Wim Hof method, if you follow someone else's method, you can solve the problem. So Ooh, when it came right. to the Rubik's Cube, just to give you an example, it's my Irish blood, but I'll start with the green cross. This is just a set of steps to solve the, the Rubik's Cube. So if I just show you kind of like cash flow forecasting, I'll try and hold it up so you can see it. Uh, hang on, I can probably um, zoom you. Look oh. at that. Oh, look at that. There you go, Kieran. So all I'm doing is it's literally just a set of steps to move stuff um, into the right place. Now, cash flow forecasting is exactly the same process. So I got one side wow, done. Look at that. How does he do that while he's talking? That is quite impressive. <laughs> so if you think of a cash flow forecast, this could just be a reconciled bank balance. Yeah. Who owes you money? 
and who do we owe? And just to give you an idea of love that of the simple steps, this is not do 400 steps in one go. This is actually do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and you can move a piece into where you need to move it to. So there's an element of the, the beauty of the, the Rubik's Cube is that you, kind of like a cash flow forecast, if you overwhelm a business owner too soon yeah. with too much detail, there we go, Maria. you leave them kind of not <laughs> That's for us. Yeah, look so at that. Two oh. layers done. Yeah. Look at that. You, you don't mess up. The nice thing about whoever's algorithm I'm using is that you don't mess up the pieces What you've previously you've done. done. Yeah. So, so just the next through a step series in the of small... Yeah. Oh, wow. Across on top. Yeah. So if you think about your cash flow you've got now, you've got your bank reconciled, you've got all your invoices in, you've got your who we owe money to, you add in your payroll, you might have dividends to pay, corporation tax bill. So you can see by gluing all these things together, this is the slightly tricky bit. I need to try and find somewhere that actually works. But recognizing where you are in the process is quite important. And basically, I've now got the Rubik's Cube done, except for these two corners. Yeah. They're in the right place, but I just need to turn them around. So kind of like your forecast, the final bit is not to stuff it up. <laughs> wow. Look at that. Oh, I think that deserves a round of applause, doesn't it? My God, here we go. <laughs> Obviously, I knew that I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant doing that live um kieran how good is that we love and the, that and the so, thing is in fairness yeah. we talked about if it's okay it's okay to make a mistake yeah oh sorry I, and by the way this wasn't the blue peter here's one i made earlier <laughs> um, but the the we did talk about it, like uh, part of the analogy is is when you go through a simple set of steps if you make a mistake it's fine go back to where yeah. you recognize you're at brilliant so and if you have there. got if you don't have the base layer done, it really is an invitation for you to at least know right now today what is in the bank and who do I owe and who owes me. That yeah. gives you just a great footing. And Brilliant. the other bits, like what's going to happen in the next 30, 60 days, I mean, you can just build on top of it to actually solve the puzzle. But the nice thing is, back to the Rubik's Cube, is that you can just do it again and again and again. Yeah. Same with cold showers, you can do them daily. The, the cash flow forecast, you don't have to do a cash flow forecast every day. No. Nope. But even just doing it every 15 days. Or for your management you get this meeting. Beautiful rolling yeah. 60 day view. So, back to one of the points we were talking about earlier is if you give a business owner a 60 day warning si signal as to we're unsure what's going to happen in 60 days, you've got 60 days to talk about it. Yeah, love that. Thank you, Kieran. And look, for you guys, um, this is Kieran's. I love this little website of Kieran's. This is um, your Know Your Numbers website, um, which we'll put the link in the chat in a moment. And um, there's a beautiful little, let's see if I can get this to work here. Um, Sarah and I noticed this the other day, this little, let's see if I can just, there we go. Um, this flash score calculator that um, Kieran's built on his website is really smart. And Sarah and I did this the other day to look at our business. And because Sarah is a know your numbers lady, you know, we, we went through this 20 questions, really simple. And it gives you a score, you know, it's free of charge. You know, it just gives you a quick score on how you're doing with your cash flow forecast and your, you know, your accountability on the accounting figures um, without making it um, scary at all. Very simple questions, really worth 
worthwhile going through. So, you know, for you guys listening to this and watching this, really highly recommend this of Kieran's. It's a, just a lovely little website. So that's um, that's Kieran's um, scorecard. 20 questions, dead simple, have a go at it, really good. There's no sign-up, nothing like that. You can obviously sign up for Kieran stuff, you know, if you want to as well, but, you know, there's no prerequisites here. And um, we've got his website here as well, which I really like. He's, he's beautifully done. And, uh, yeah, there we go, the casual Kieran sitting there. And, uh, Wearing just a little... shirt. What yeah. was that? <laughs> yeah. What are those days where we used to what, wear shirts? I mean, it's, it's called a collar. <laughs> yeah. Indeed so. So there we go. That's a little bit about um, Kieran. So, look, you know, thank you ever so much, uh, Kieran. I'm just going to bring you back again and bring the mod, um, Sarah in as well. So, you know, um, thank you for uh, enlightening us with a fantastic, extraordinary, playful conversation about Rubik's Cubes and showers and cold showers and accounting and accountants and all of those things. And we loved having you on the show, my friend. And uh, this Thanks show so will be on podcast shortly too. We've had a few problems with podcasts at the moment just trying to get them um sorted so uh, please remember to subscribe to our leaders live email as well folks um so we can keep you updated on all our other channels as well and the you the link uh, the link the link tree link will be in the in the link shortly and uh, sarah any comments before we just start to wrap up the show very quickly um i think cash flow flinch is going to be the new buzzword <laughs> we've just created a new phrase the cash yeah, flow flinch lots of comments about the cold flowers cold flower showers, um, showers good or bad obviously yeah. a word of warning from elaine godley about um if you've got a dicky heart we take no responsibility um do your research before you jump in the shower when it's cold yeah, be sensible folks yeah. be sensible and about breathing so great Great reminder, Elaine, that yeah, well it's, done, it's, Elaine. Not, Thank you, it's Elaine. not suitable for everybody, but um, yeah, can highly recommend it. Um, I think also, I just, I love the idea of the Rubik's Cube that, you know, get, get, your, get your platforms in place um, and it doesn't matter if you get it wrong, just keep trying. You know, for somebody like me who can't do the Rubik's Cube, um, it doesn't mean to say you can't get your finances right. Though. Yeah, being able to solve it is not obligatory. You can still do your finances. <laughs> there but you I go, folks. That... No excuse. <laughs> no, no excuse. Thought it was brilliant. Um, brilliant. Lo so... Lots of wisdom in there. Lots of visuals. Yeah. Um, thought it was fantastic, Kieran. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Blue Peter, eat your heart out. There you go. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't need one we made early when we got oh, Kieran on the show. Absolutely, um, yeah. But I was also thinking about, you know, um, knowing if you can't do things find somebody who can and, yeah. and upskilling and i thought that was brilliant link to um obviously marketing cx and tilly um linkedin if you need a hand need a fresh pair of eyes contact tilly she's great um and over to my lovely other half um if you need somebody to just have a fresh pair of eyes on team stuff dynamics struggling with your leadership your your groups aren't quite your planning's not great and you don't know how to work together, um, pick up the phone, talk to Andrew. Costs nothing to talk. Um, yeah. We'd love to help. There you go. That's a little shout out for us. So quick reminder that Leaders Live is a free a weekly show, folks. I'm just trying to bring up the right scene again. And, uh, you know, for all you leaders, directors, managers, entrepreneurs who are interested in business growth 
infotainment, edutainment, and enjoy taking part in these super extraordinary conversations we've just had today. So together in this community, we aim to make the world betterer, folks. I thought I'd get that in, and uh, it's one of my phrases. And we want to bring a spirit of freedom, of joy, and fun through the feel-good factor in all our working lives. And I'm serious when I use when I use that phrase because this is really important stuff. And uh, a bit about our sponsors, Ghost. Um, Ghost are a brand and design agency with an exceptional team of highly skilled and vibrant people that help develop and shape your brands to inspire businesses just like mine, just like yours. And they've helped me to do exactly the same. And uh, yeah, so that's a little bit about Ghost. So thank you very much for being our sponsors. And the goose for next week, folks. Let me just bring that in. So the goose for next week is um, we have Tuesday, the 7th of February at 845 a.m uk time we hang out again with with another one of my mates rebecca jenkins founder of uh Gen, helping businesses to grow beyond expectations um so yeah and she's a very skilled uh, lady is our rebecca and our theme is how to sell authentically without being salesy oh we think you're gonna love it and uh, we can't wait. So be there or be square. And we're going to finish with our outro now just on time. So that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, we'll just say thanks again to Kieran for being on the show. We're all going to wave goodbye to you for now. So hope you've enjoyed that show, folks. It's a rat 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 from our side. So uh, from our hangout guest, Kieran, from Sarah, from me, from our sponsors, Ghost, and the rest of the team, Marketing CX, we wish you a great week ahead. And uh, that's all for now, folks. So we'll see you again next week. Tarar a bit, folks. So uh, thank you again. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all again next week. Thank you very much. Bye bye for now.